Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode nine, season one of The Standoff, your rugby league show. And as always, on a Wednesday evening, I am here with Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad. I'm stuck, Paul. Uh, there we go. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. Uh, there are a few surprise performances by some of the bottom dwellers um, this week, and I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, we did have some interesting performances, um, and we'll get into those a little bit later on. Like I said, we're here every Wednesday on Facebook at 8 p.m. sharp throughout the season. Uh, so please tune in and get your rugby league fix. We'll cover off top stories of the week, uh, the previous round that was, which in this case was round 10. Uh, we'll have a preview of round 11, and we'll also cover off international news with games with rugby league news from the Super League and in the women's game. And this week, we've got a special edition. Uh, we'll also update you on the Rugby League World Cup in England in 2021. Yeah, so tune in to get your rugby league news, and it's time for the top stories of the week. So I think the the biggest story of the week, Sanjay, was the signing of David Fafita to the Titans, three point five million for three years. What do you think? Yeah, so this has definitely been the, without a doubt, the biggest story of the week. I think it's a fantastic signing, to be honest. I'm really excited for the Titans. Um, we'll get into uh, you know the, the 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 sad part of it, I guess, for the Brisbane Broncos in a little bit. But yeah, massive, massive signing for the Titans. The biggest signing in the club's history, without a doubt, you'd have to say. And um, it's also come at a time when you actually, when I actually see the, the club going places. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think a fantastic signing. Marquee player. He's got some troops there that can sort of, um, you know, that can sort of play around him. And yeah, just really looking forward to what kind of an impact he can have. Um, what are your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I think it's a great signing for the club. They, um, they've got a hell of a forward pack for next year now um, with a couple more signings that they got. they got Big Tino uh, from the Storm, who's been playing really well for the Storm this year. So you've got those two. Fotoweka's already there. Kevin Proctor. Yes, uh, of so course. They've they got a decent pack. They just need, uh, I think they just need um, to work on their spine a bit, maybe get a nice hooker. Um, I'm not sure what's happening with the halves. Um, I like Fogarty, who's there. Um, Ashley Taylor is a bit hit and miss for me, but 
with a big pack like this, you don't know how good he's going to be. Um, so interesting times to be a Gold Coast fan. Oh, absolutely. I think a very exciting times to be a Gold Coast fan. I think um, you nailed it on the head there with the spine um, needing to now follow suit. I think that the forward pack is, uh, is quite good, like you said, with the likes of Fafita, Proctor there. Um, they're going to be very mobile in the coming years. And um, he's on a three-year, $3.5 million deal. So um, he's um, you know indicated that he wants to make this the club to take them to you know, a premiership, you know, and that's the main reason why he's signed with them. He's got a lot of um, aspirations as a player. And unfortunately, he did feel, and it's come out in the media this week, that he didn't believe whether his aspirations or his career was getting recognised or, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, he felt that he didn't have faith in the Brisbane setup to help him improve his career. And that is one of the main reasons why he's leaving the Brisbane Broncos. Um so yeah, that, that that's a that's a big call in terms of um, you know the disappointment the, the disappointment that's surrounding the Brisbane Broncos at the moment. But in terms of for David Fafita, uh, you know going to the Gold Coast, um, going there to win a championship. Really, they haven't won one in all of their tenureship. They've been in and out of the uh, NRL slash ARL slash Winfield Cup. I guess you could say the Australian Rugby League setup um, since their introduction back in the late '80s. So. Hey, look, um, yeah, the biggest time in the club's history, without a doubt. Definitely, definitely. And um, I suppose the next big news was the uh, option, the NRL is looking at options around the bunker, um, potentially scrapping it for another another idea. They're not sure of anything yet. They said that um, the commission would have to make that decision. Uh, but they're, they're paying about $2.5 million for the bunker, and the bunker, as we've seen all year and as we've been complaining about, it's not working. So they need to do something. I know they've been talking about using skeletal tracking, which is a, a digital program to help with forward passes, and um, could be interesting times, but human error is still there, They so they need to work on something to help reduce that. Yeah, I think um, the bunker, I mean, I, I really don't know what to say about the bunker. I mean, that's that's exactly the point. I really don't know what to say about it. Um, I think, you know, at times they're getting it wrong um, and at other times they're inconsistent in their approach. Um, I think that definitely, like, if you've had a look at the other sports uh, that have used technology, like if we, if we take a look at even cricket, okay, for example, there's a number of different technologies used there to catch the nick. There's a number of different technologies used to get a man LBW in terms of, um, you know, ball tracking and so forth. Even in tennis, we've seen uh, ball tracking used and we haven't really seen any geometric type of technology used in rugby league. I, I don't understand for, for whatever reason, we haven't had a skeletal line from when the ball leaves the hand to where the ball is caught. I don't know why there's not a parallel line with the 20 meter, 10 meter half, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah, can't there be yeah. an imaginary line drawn in and then the decision is made from there? Yes, I get it that a game in momentum such as rugby or such as rugby league or even rugby union for that matter, where we do see a hell of a lot more forward passes go by the by. Um, I think that we, we do understand that the momentum of the ball, you know, whilst the player, the ball has been left in the hands and it could go a couple of centimetres forward. Is that going back? And I guess that's the argument, isn't it? Like, we have sort of been into thinking or into believing over the past 10, 15 years, particularly that the momentum of the ball is still going backwards. However, it's gone a few centimetres forward. I've never really gotten that, to be honest. So 
if they do bring in a skeletal type of tracking, uh, it will be pretty much it's behind or it's forward. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's will be what happens. And um, I think, yeah, that it might need to be that cutthroat. I think black and, black and white, it's forward, it's not forward. Um, that's and line ball, is still, line ball is still back, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. hey, chuck those risky. I mean, the dummy halves these days, they're, they're throwing a lot of line balls, aren't they? I mean, really, you know, they're yeah. jumping out of dummy half, those balls that are going to their first runners, um, generally the front row. Or, or even the second row on the edges of the ruck. Yeah, they are, um, they, they're very much line ball. So I think a skeletal tracking would be ideal. If you're wasting $2.5 million on the idiots in the bunker, sorry, um, I think that this money is well spent on doing some sort of skeletal tracking. Yeah, definitely. And um, the next bit of news was around Peter Volandi. He's actually looking at changing rules um, that the NRL have to allow 17-year-old Joseph Suyali, I think is how you pronounce his last name, to make his debut next year for the Rabbitohs. Normally you have to be 18, but Rugby Union are throwing big money offers at him to, to lure him away from the sport. So Volandi is looking at changing it just to keep him in the game. Um, it's been a bit mixed with fans and media about is it too young, is it is it okay? What are your thoughts? I don't think it's too young. I mean, hey, look, we've had, you know, if you look at sports people of yesteryear, mate, I mean, We've had people debuting for the Nations at 16. We just had a young Pakistani fast bowler play his first three test matches in Australia uh, in late December. Uh, sorry, early November, late December. Um, and I think he was 16 years old. I mean, um, and he's bowling 145 clicks. You can't tell me he's not ready. So yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I'd allow him to play at 17. Adjust the rules. Um, if we've got a rugby league's got to hold on to these players because the lures of rugby union, particularly abroad, um, are, are threefold. You know, there's a lot more money in the game in Europe. There's a lot more money in the game even in England. Uh, sorry, I mean, you know, uh, in England and in France, um, the two big European nations, and of course Japan. So um, there's a lot of attraction for younger players to quickly get out of here if they don't think that they're going to make it at a super rugby or all-black level. And of course the money that, that they get offered is is um, substantial. So, yeah, what do you think about the whole situation? Are you wanting to see... Uh, rugby league give these younger guys an opportunity i think i think it needs to be a, a case by case basis um the kids he's a big 17 year old he, he's not a, a 50 kilo 17 year old running around with boys um he's a big unit guys like sunny bill and all that started the same age um so i think yeah it can't hurt and you've got to keep him in the game um you don't want to lose a talent like that just due to his age yeah, I think um, also, I mean, he's a great rugby league player. It doesn't necessarily mean that he will be a fantastic rugby union player. So if we can hold on to him in the sport, then I think that uh, Valende is going down the right track in terms of um, um, trying to keep him. And in speaking of um, players that sort of entered at a very young age, such as uh, those that uh, you've just discussed, obviously Sonny Bill Williams um, is tipped to be a rooster, I I'd say, within the next or I think has it been announced? I I was re he's on. I definitely know he's on the way to Sydney, and he's going to be quarantining for two weeks. So, I think once he gets there, he'll be definitely signing um, on the dotted line to be part of the tricolours, as I did uh, suggest last week. Yeah, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but it may as well be. Um, everyone, even in the Roosters, are saying, "Yeah, he's he's coming." They just haven't signed on the dotted line, but yeah, he's going there. Um, I know there's been a bit of criticism on Volandi 
changing around the rules to make sure it happens. But I saw an article today that the Warriors are still interested in Ricky Letale, who's also at the Wolfpack, and said that they hope that Volandi bends the rules for him like they did for Sonny so he can get to the Warriors ASAP. So um, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I think I think there's still aspirations for Sonny um, after he's finished his footy career to be working for the Roosters. So I think it was inevitable that if he did go back, that was where he was going. So it's not really a surprise. Oh, look, I, I, I wasn't under any illusion that he'd be going anywhere else. If he was going to come and play in the NRL, it was definitely going to come and play for the Roosters. Um, he wasn't going to ever come play for the Warriors or any other franchise for that matter. So, um, hey, look, um, best of luck to him if he is able to don the tricolours and, um, you know, be part of their setup. He, he will definitely be a huge influence, no doubt, um, being a premiership winner, being the, the, the colossus that he is, the personality that he brings to the team. He's a big, he's a big signing, and um, he definitely will make a difference in one way or another, whether it's on the pitch or whether it's um, in terms of getting that cohesion going for the forward pack. He will play a, a phenomenal role, no doubt, and I wouldn't be surprised even if he plays a couple of games to see a couple of man of the match performances because he's just that kind of player. And um, we wish him all the best, and we'll keep you updated um, here, folks, on New Zealand Sport Radio in regards to what happens. Thanks for tuning in, um, and I think it's time now that we crack into round. Before, well, before well, we do that, sorry, um, sorry. I've, I've got some breaking news. Um, oh, breaking news, excellent. Yeah, um, it's Warriors related. Uh, Alessi Katoa and Celestino Rava Tamada um, have been advised that they're not able to come back to New Zealand um, as they're not New Zealand citizens with the whole COVID thing. Oh, wow. Um, the Warriors, Cameron George and co are looking into what they can do. But um, basically, it sounds like if the border regulations are still as strict as they are now at the end of the season, um, when the Warriors come home, those two will be stuck in Australia, if Australia will keep them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's still just broke like a few minutes ago. So there's still some more news to come out on it. But, yeah, just thought I'd better mention it before we move on. No, excellent. Well, that's... Um... I don't know whether you call that good news or bad news, but I mean, it's um, I guess two more players that the Warriors get to keep over there, and um, we'll 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 follow that um, and uh, keep you guys keep ladies and gentlemen updated on that as well. So, um, like I said, uh, we'll crack into round eleven, and on Thursday night uh, we had a very physical encounter between the Eels and the Tigers. The Eels running out uh, winners in the end, twenty six points to sixteen. Brad, how did you see this one play out? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. There was um, no love lost there. Uh, Ryan Madison was the talk of the week due to his exit from um, from the um, the Tigers to go to the Eels. And he didn't last long. He lasted about 15 minutes before Russell Packer can custom. Um, so, yeah, very physical. There was a scary moment in the game um, where Michael Cheekham had convulsions after a head knock. He put his head in the wrong place on a tackle, mm -hmm. took a hip to the head and uh, was very scary. Thankfully, he's okay. Um, he got the all clear at the hospital later on, but yeah, something you don't want to see, especially it was, it was an accident. There was nothing malicious involved, of course, but um, yeah, very physical game and had one of the, the best tries that will never be with um, Blake Ferguson showing some um, great talent. Uh, amazing. Yeah, Unfortunate yeah. it wasn't given as a try, but no, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, um, Good to see the, those skills. I mean, obviously, the wingers these days have got so many different 
um, ways of sort of charging at that corner post, whether it be in the air, underneath them, on the ground. You know, they they know that they can work within that um, corner post now and use it sort of as a guide. So like jumping in the air and all these acrobats, certainly, um, you know, I'm glad they're not out there and I'm glad we're not out there and they are because, yeah, I'd probably do my back in and if I was going to jump around like that on the wings. So, no, it's very exciting to see. Um, but, yeah, uh, a, a terrific performance. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, outstanding, running 238 metres, 23 runs, um, and scored a great 50-metre solo try as well. Um, obviously, after having, a, you know, a pretty average season last year, I think, at the Panthers, he's come along in leaps and bounds. And I think, um, you know, he was definitely... Um, one of the men of the match uh, for me, if not the man of the match on the weekend. He was um, absolutely solid. Uh, and, you know, the Parramatta Fords really laid the platform um, for for the superstar backs. And obviously Moses' uh, inclusion has sparked a Parramatta win. So uh, a great win for them. And a frustrating time for the Tigers, another loss. Um, and um, they would be yeah, fairly disappointed. But I guess they just came up across a better side on the night. They did. And they had a lot of injuries. <laughs> Um, at one point, they they had a one man bench, um, which doesn't help them. But um, Maguire, he he doesn't make excuses. He he was very critical of the performance and said that that's not the level his team needs to be at if they want to be contenders this year. So he is expecting a big bounce back this week, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think that Warriors fans. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, well, obviously they they take on the Warriors. I think on Friday night. Um, and we'll we'll cover that off a little bit later on in our um, previews and picks. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Tigers because they have had an up and down topsy turvy kind of a season, uh, and they don't want to end up I think in ninth spot is where they sort of ended up I think last year. Um, yeah. And I think that they're sort of in that same sort of uh, area on the table um, this season uh, currently. So we'll have a look at them a little bit later on. Um, we'll go on to Friday night's fixtures now, and uh, on Friday night. Uh, the first game we had was the Cowboys up against the Sea Eagles. Sea Eagles too strong for the um, Cowboys who are going through a lot of issues at the moment, unfortunately. Stand-in coach, uh, obviously, after Paul Green's um, demise uh, last week. So, yeah, Sea Eagles 24, Cowboys 12. Yeah, I think the Cowboys show plenty of fight, um, especially their their first first gig under Josh Hanna as the, as the coach. But I think their biggest issue, and it's been their issue all year, is their lack of ex- execution. They um, struggle. They, they're very good at breaking the line, getting up the field, but when they get to that red zone, they just seem to lose a bit of idea of what they're actually doing. And that's not something you can fix overnight, but it's something I'm sure they're working on. Just, I suppose, a few tweaks to the game plan to try to make them competitive um, on the attacking aspect defensively they they seem to hold up against some very good sides so yeah it's a bit yeah Adam Phil Blake uh, welcome return for the you know the Sea Eagles obviously um and of course they will have a few other stars coming back um over the next few weeks but uh, Marty Tapao and Phil Blake the injection from them two was um threefold in the victory I feel they had a hell of a game and um a very very strong upfront performance um Kay Cussman of the match at six um, back to the bench when Walker returns. I don't know if that's, you know, um, what they're going to do, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be hard to bench him, but um, you want Walker out there when he's healthy as well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Indeed, indeed. And that um, that takes us to our second game on Friday night, which was the uh, the Storm defeating the Broncos 46-8. to eight. So uh, the pain for Brisbane continues. 
Um, yes, they yeah. stayed in the hunt, I mean, for the first half, but after that, uh, you know, they, they were never going to win that game, really. Um, they sort of got, you know, beaten to pieces in that second half, and unfortunately, um, you know, their terrible season, um, perhaps the worst on record, I would go so far as to say, continues. Yeah, the Storm, I think the Storm's first half was was uncharacteristically bad. They were making errors that they normally don't. And I'm sure at halftime, um, Bellamy gave them an earful and they responded in kind. And I think the Broncos, they're, they're broken uh, and they've got, you can clearly see they've got no confidence in themselves. And so even when you're only down 14-8 at the break, you should have a little bit of confidence. They're going, no, we're still in this game, but... They just got blown off the park, and uh, it doesn't help when you've got Cameron Smith playing like a 20-year-old, um, putting on a clinic, and um, he actually reached to 2,700 career points in that match. So um, talks on that he still might be going around. There's even rumours that the Broncos want to try to poach him. Um, so I think we're definitely going to see Cameron Smith running around next year. Oh, yeah, I think we'll all see him running around. He'd be stupid to go to the Broncos, though, I think. He wouldn't. Um, I know that's where he sort of comes from, and he wants to go back there, I believe. Um, but I don't think that um, he would He would um, go, go back there and, and, and try and be the repairman as such next season. He'd be wanting to be at a club where, um, if not Melbourne Storm, he'd be wanting to be somewhere where he can make an impact that's already a, a, a solid club. Um, you know, the likes of perhaps your Canberra's, your Roosters, um, you, know, uh, you know, one of the clubs like that, or even one of the clubs on the outer edge, such as the Knights in this case, um, and, and maybe even the Sharks. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, uh, and we'll keep you updated on that one as well. But um, it's a long journey ahead for Brisbane. Um, what do they need to do from here? Well, we'll just have to wait and see, because um, it's, for once we are not talking about them, and I think we'll just um, you know keep you updated on their progress and let them just have a bit of a breather from the media this week. So... That takes us into Super Saturday, obviously, where we had the Warriors up against the Roosters. Um, and a very, very proud performance, you'd have to say, as a Warriors supporter. Um, going down, unfortunately, 18 points to 10. Um, it was close, uh, but no cigar for the Warriors. And you always just got the feeling that that was going to be the case, even though it was a tight tussle. Um, the tries that they did let in, I felt that, you know, one or two of them were a little bit soft. And really, they should have won this one, Brad. They should have. I, I think they they definitely showed some. Um, they were physical, like I said last week. To to rattle the roosters, you have to be physical. So they definitely took that on board, and they um, everyone's been talking about it all week. But um, Jack Hetherington and Hargraves, a little battle all throughout, was entertaining, and it was good to see the Warriors um, step up. But yeah, it was definitely a game they should have. Um, kept hold of the lead and stayed. I think the, the biggest difference between the two was Luke Carey. If Luke Carey wasn't playing, I think the Warriors would have won. Um, Luke Carey just, he brought a short kicking game. If he was kicking to himself or kicking to other people and he just kept the Warriors camped in their own half for that second half and it was hard to get, get out of there for the Warriors. So I think that's the biggest thing the Warriors are missing. I think that you know it on the head, mate. I mean, the, the biggest thing the Warriors are missing uh, is that um, standout performance, isn't it? Like week in, week out, they're not getting, okay, Rogers averaging 190 metres a game, but he can't do everything on his own. And from the from the fullback position, maybe he's got to look at sort of, you know, injecting himself in the, in the middle of the park in that ruck area. Maybe he needs to take uh, a step towards 5'8 
and, and, and maybe we slot someone else at the back there. I know that's a big call, particularly with our two wingers coming home now and our depth in the back five is very shallow and we're likely to take a hammering there in the next few weeks. But um, we just don't have that, that that performance, that solid performance from an individual that most of these teams have on their way to a victory week in, week out. And, um, you know, we're, 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 we're playing some good rugby league in patches, but ultimately um, we, we're not being able to bring to the table a performance such as that of a Cameron Smith, such as that of a Pappenhausen, you know, um, Moses as well. Like, you know, these kind of guys, Cleary, uh, you carry against us on the weekend. Um, they're really stepping up. And even Johnson is playing some good games um, for the Sharks as of late. So, yeah, um, I guess we just have to hang in there as Warriors support. It's going to be a tough, long uh, season for us, and it's probably not going to be a successful one. But um, it was good to see us, you know, be in the hunt and and not get flogged, I guess. If, uh, the, the other thing that could have happened, we could have been talking here. I think last week you were suggesting that perhaps there was 100 points in this Rooster side. Record me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... I'm glad to see that, um, you know, uh, and also a little bit of respect from for Todd Payton this week. Um, I don't know if you heard an interview from Jazz Tabanga. He certainly is um, wanting uh, Toddy to get the, the the role as head coach. And, of course, this week um, in news that we didn't cover off earlier is that Tuvi and the Walker brothers have been dismissed as potentials for the Warriors coaching gig. So um, they're going to announce it within the next little while, I'm sure. And I reckon Payton, he's got a good chance. I think so. He, he's he's growing on me. Um, I think I, I think I saw a, a viewer question about it, so I'll leave my thoughts on it to a bit later. But yeah, he, he's growing on me. No worries. I'll look at that. Takes us into our second game on Saturday, which was the Sharks versus the Dragons, and the, one of the games of the weekend for mine. Uh, a fantastic game in terms of you know lots of tries to be scored. A uh, you know a close uh, local derby, and um, the eventual winners, the Sharks, coming out on top. 28 points to 24. Yes, there was a bunker blunder again, Brad. And would it have had an impact on the final result? What do you say? I don't think so. I know with how close it was, you could say, but it was nine minutes into the game. So no team has won a game nine minutes in. So there was still plenty of time for the Dragons there. It was unfortunate. It's a try that the Sharks shouldn't have been given. Um, but we've said that. I feel like we say that every week about one game so um yeah it's unfortunate if it was in the 79th minute i think it's a completely different story um but yeah johnson johnson is playing the year of his life i think and i think the thing that impressed me most about him was step he stepped up uh chad townsing went down injured and at times like that sometimes when all the pressure i think when he was back with the Warriors, when they made the playoffs and Roger got injured against the Panthers, Roger was off and then Sean disappeared. And that was kind of what Warriors fans were used to. When the pressure was on, he would, he would disappear. But he's not shying away anymore, which is good for the Sharks. It's good to see that he's stepping up. And it could be a bit of more maturity. I'm not sure. Um, he's taking a lot more accountability for how he acts and how he behaves on the field. So... Um, well, I mean, he's not—he's not a—he's not a, he's not a um, young guy anymore. Um, you know, he's been around the competition since what 2011, when he took us to a premiership final. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think that uh, you know he hasn't got—you know—I I don't think he's got too many. You know, I mean, he he still played for a little while, but as a fast-running halfback, you know what he might have another five good seasons left in him, maybe more. I don't know, but ultimately, he's in the second half, you'd have to say, of his career now, and. 
to be fair, um, up until this point, whilst he has flourished and he has shown signs of being, like we said earlier on in the season, a very good player, um, I, I still think that he's got a bit of work to do to become a great player. And he's got that opportunity in front of him. I think that he can become a great player. And um, if he is going to be a great player, then he needs to obviously perform in those pressure cooker situations where he is under pressure. And like you said, um, Chad Townsend um, went off injured and he came to the party. So, yeah, let's see. Um, uh, he's certainly a um, good, good couple of try assists there. And, um, you know, he his kicking game as well is actually um, is what has impressed me the most is that he's actually managed to, to you know, thread the needle onto the, on the ball and get it through the back line, but not kicking too deep, which um, he was very guilty of at the Warriors, consistently kicking the ball dead. So um, he seems to have it on a string at the moment. And yeah, um, good victory for the Cronulla Sharks, but yeah, disappointing for the Bragg uh, for the Dragons, um, who you know they're pretty close and they scored a cracker of their try, a cracker of a try themselves, um, including yeah. set up by Matt Hunt. Yeah, Zat Lomax's try. Um, I think it's it's hard to believe the Dragons a few weeks ago, or say like two weeks into the the restart where they were talking about they need to get rid of the coach the team's a dumpster fire and and now you can't underestimate them and matt dufty and zach lomax i think are are the keys in the back line for them they are always constant threats when they've got the ball in hand and um i think they're going to have a few upsets on their hands as the season progresses yeah, I think so. I think this dragon side is not all that bad. I don't know if they're going to, um, you know, thread in the eight or, um, you know, make any loud noises uh, in terms of the last uh, next few rounds. But in saying that, they're they're a team that could do that could do some good leading into the last nine rounds of the season. You know, like they they certainly do have, um, you know, some firepower now, and they do certainly have some structure which they didn't have early on. I think McGregor will hold his position, and I think if they can just, you know, sort of Get up to a respectable level, and then you know start rebuilding for the next for next season. Um, that will put them in good stead. Maybe a few good signings here and there. Um, but yeah, I think they've got a formula working for them, and they're scoring points. They're just leaking a few too many at the same time, unfortunately. So, um, hey, look, uh, a fantastic game, probably one of the games of the round. Like I said, Cronulla moving to the top eight, six now out of the eight last games uh, they've won. So, um, attack not being a problem for the Cronulla Sharks, but again, defense is. Um, an issue for them, you know, letting 26 points in from this dragon side, probably a few too many um, for for what the Cronulla Sharks wanted. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think uh, they need to work on that defence. Work out leading into Saturday's final fixture, which is uh, the Raiders up against the Rabbitohs, um, and a really solid performance here from the Raiders, going up victors 18 points to 12, um, and, and another uh, match where Canberra have suffered yet more injury woes, but they were certainly standing tall at the end of this one, Brad. Yeah, so it's going um, from bad to worse for the Raiders' casualty ward, but they've they've got that grit where it doesn't matter what adversities they're hitting, they're still grinding out and putting in good performances. Um, Chan's Nicole Clock stats injury was was horrible to watch. Um, it was just a freak accident. He got a, a compound dislocation of his finger, so his finger basically went another direction and and. There was a bit of a bit of bone apparently that popped out. Um, so I think they said he he's going to be a little bit away, but he it's not a season ender for him, which is good. It's one uh, to four so, weeks at this stage. I think I think it's going to be the latter part of that. So we're more yeah. likely to see him out of the game for three to four weeks apparently. 
So, you know, it's yeah. a bit of a disappointing um, disappointment for him. He, he was having a pretty good season and again for the for the Raiders themselves. But yeah, they just showed, you know, um, character building, uh, the character that's been building over there at the at, at the Raiders at the helm through the work of Ricky Stewart, a courageous and proud win for the club going back to back after their very, very good win last week against the Roosters. So um, that has come from Ricky's manufactured a player bonder there. And, you know, a couple of seasons ago, you may have seen them, you know, lose a game such as that one against the Rabbitohs. But they are really, um, you know, they're really in it to try and rustle a few feathers. And uh, they're, they're starting to come back in their 2020 season. And, hey, um, you know, they're going to be there, thereabouts again. But, yeah, definitely um, big, more big raps on Ricky. And um, he's certainly been the talking point uh, around the Raiders' success of late. Definitely. He's he's really got that team built built exactly how he wants it. And yeah, they're they're a tougher team than they were a few years back. And on the other side of it, the Rabbitohs, the Rabbitohs still play good football, but their biggest issue is they don't know how to hold on to the ball. They um they're constantly dropping it. And there's probably a handful of games that they would have walked away winners if they just had a bit more respect for the ball. So I don't know if that's a confidence thing or if they're rushing. I, I'm not sure what the problem is. They've got a hell of a coach that can help them. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I think with Latrell Mitchell back this week, I think they're going to be a lot better outfit. Um, but Definitely. yeah, it, it's a bit I, of a case of what was. I think that, yeah, I think Wayne Bennett wouldn't have been too disappointed with the performance against uh, the Raiders on the weekend. I don't think that it's a performance that you should be too disappointed in. They played pretty good rugby league. They only lost by six. The trail yeah. wasn't there. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to just, when they, when they, when they're, re- when they're ready to take a game away from someone or when they're ready to get into a position to sort of make the next play, they sort of freeze and they haven't been able to get that finishing um, as part of their structure just yet. I think that that, you know, the, the plays, if you see them when they're in the opposition half, they're not as confident as they are almost when they're running up the middle of the park from their own 30. So they sort yeah, of get to a yeah. position and it's like, you know, Adam Reynolds, who was at the club for a long time, uh, I think that, you know, they're, they're sort of, I don't know, they're missing that kind of fast injective pace up the middle. And I think, um, you know, once, uh, you know, Latrell comes back, hopefully he can, you know, um, ho- hopefully he can bolster that uh, return of the footy and see the roost, see the Rabbitohs, um, you know, get back on the winning streak because the few losses for them now and um, seeing them sort of slip down the ladder a little bit now. Yeah, it would be uh, the yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I'm sure they're a lot better outfit with Mitchell there. But that uh, takes us to our first game on Sunday, which was the the upset of the round and um, the Bulldogs beating the Knights eighteen to twelve. Uh, but unfortunate for the Knights, they lost Andrew McCulloch and Connor Watson for the season. So that's three three hookers they've now lost for the season. Um, devastating for the rest of their how their season's going to progress. But the Bulldogs, I think the Bulldogs had a great game. I thought it was fantastic how they performed. What were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I think Adam O'Brien, he was just absolutely embarrassed with the night's performance. Um, you know, lost the last two games based on attitude, basically, is what he's saying, is that they basically turned up expecting to win both the games and they've lost both of them. Too much swagger at the club. Um, the season is slipping away somewhat from them and they got to find out where their attitude sits in a hurry because... Um, uh, you know, a, a top eight side, I think, yes, at the moment, um, but that's as far as I see them. Um, you know, obviously with um, Adam coming out of the Melbourne system, you know, 
he demands excellence and um you know at the moment they're having days off uh michael ennis uh, you know uh, on the um big rap uh earlier late sorry late on sunday it was basically like good sides don't have days off and you know that's uh, a testament to um what comes out of melbourne so hey look uh you know like you said he's got a few injury concerns as well now also i think mitchell pierce isn't really set, setting the world on fire at the moment and um whether he's going to be in contention for a new south wales jersey you know, it's debatable as well. Um, with the other talent running around the NRL at the moment, I, I dare I say he'll probably miss out. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, you. You wouldn't have want to lose. You wouldn't want to lost to the Bulldogs. Um, but I guess if you're a Bulldogs supporter, um, Dean Pay being sacked, um, and Georgialis has just come out with the side, and he's actually said a few interesting things throughout the week. Was that um, he just wanted his team to go out there and, and play football, and they did that, and they came away with a victory. Although, albeit in a sloppy kind of, um, you know, wet encounter that it was, um, they still came away with the two points in their second one of the season. Um, there, were, there were reports that when they went into the dressing room, uh, there was no no word said. They just started singing the victory song that they sang. So, um, you know, good stuff for the Bulldogs. Um, pretty happy for them to see getting the second one of the season and perhaps getting their team club back on track to hopefully um, be competitive in the next couple of years, really. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Trent Barrett coming in, I think a lot of players are trying to step up and say, I'm a good player, keep me, please. Um, so I think we're going to see they're, they're, throughout the year they've been they've been in the games, they just haven't been able to complete the game. So it was good to see them because the Knights started to come back. Um, I was watching and it was like, oh, the Knights are still going to win this. And they just ran out of time. But um, it was good to see them hold on. Yeah, I think if, if there was a few more, five more minutes left, then you, you may have seen the Knights come back and pinch that one because that was getting uh, to that point near the end there. But um, hey, look, um, yeah, like you say, the, the players are out to impress Barrett, aren't they? And and Foran um, is one player that had a really good game. Um, he's obviously nearing the end of his career as well, you'd have to say. But he doesn't want to be sort of left uh, in the dark. So I think he's got a big point to prove over the next little while to try and keep him um, in a key position at the um, Bulldogs next season. But um. Yeah, we'll move on to the Titans and Panthers encounter, which, um, you know, I, I guess you'd probably be surprised at the scoreline on this one. Titans going down, yes, 22 to 14. And because of, and uh, you know, a depleted Panthers um, outfit as well with all the injuries that they've got. But they still come away with the win and still come away with a, um, a solid, confident performance from their young leader, Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Titans are still continuing to impress. Um, but... The Panthers are another level. It's as we've been saying all year. There's like four teams, and then the rest. And um, yeah, it, you take a, a guy like Carousel and Cacao. You take two players like that out of any other team, you'd be worried about it. But I don't think many people were worried about the Panthers here. Um, they just got too much class. Yeah, and, I mean, no, you know, Carousel, Cacao, Fade, and Edwards. Sorry, just interrupt you, but there's actually four players there, Brad. That you know. Course, yes. um, yeah, but yeah and, uh, sorry, you go. Oh yeah, and um James Tamo and James Fisher Harris had a field day up the middle and that just allowed Cleary to be Cleary. And um he's arguably gotta be one of the best halves running around right now. So um yeah, it's it's all it's all coming up sunny for, for Penrith right now. Yeah, look, I mean it was a it was a victory for Penrith and um, it was a victory um with a depleted side like we've just said, but I think it was a, not a bad performance from the Titans. Okay, they scored two late tries just before half time, 
and um, they didn't look in it at their 39% possession, I think, at the end of the first half. Um, people were like, well, they're lucky they have got two tries on the board and still be in this. And, you know, to not let it blow out at 22 points to 14, obviously I think uh, they had word that by this stage when they were playing the game, they had known that um, Andrew Fafita had signed for them. So um, they they were obviously, you know, pretty pumped up about that, I'd imagine. Um, The club, from a perspective in terms of personnel that they've got there, uh, you know, Gordon Tallis had a big part in getting Fafita to the club. I don't know if you're aware of that. And they've also got Mel Meninga, um, and of course, I don't know if you know about this gentleman, Dennis Watt. He's a former Bronco board member of 14 years. He's now um, at the Gold Coast Titans. And so they've got a good good array of personnel at the club, right? not just the players. I think it's important for our listeners to understand that, you know, it, it doesn't just take the players on the field to manufacture a premiership winning rugby league side. It's also got to come down to the coaching staff and of course, um, you know, the board members and, and, and the rest of it. So, um, you know, Mal Meninga, Gordon Tellis, obviously passionate, proud Queenslanders, as you would know, Brad, and um, they're part of that setup. They've got Fafida. I'm, I'm really looking for big things out of this Titans outfit in the next three years. They, they, they will be setting themselves to try and win this premiership in 2021-22. Well, maybe not 21, but 2022-23. They'll be looking like, hey, look, we're going to try and rattle some, um, rattle some, you know, of the top teams. And to be honest, this could be a very, very... In fact, this could be a place where Cameron Smith would fit in very nicely. Just a road, just you know, just short trip down the highway from Brisbane, um, and you know, going up north and trying to win a premiership with the with the Gold Coast. Look, that sounds like a real option. Um, I'd I'd be licking my lips if I was um, the Gold Coast and trying to get Cameron up there. Of course, they're probably a little bit short on the checkbook at the moment after forking up for Fafita, and Cameron's not going to come at a cheap price. But um, hey, look, uh, really looking forward to. Um, what goes goes on for the Titans in the next couple of seasons. Definitely. I think Cameron might be a bit out of their reach, but I don't want them to think about it because I want him to come to the Warriors. But if I was the Titans, I'd be looking at Brandon Smith. I think Brandon, oh, so you want Brandon, Brandon Smith, you want Brandon Smith to come to the Warriors? I would I'd get him today if I could. Um Yeah, definitely. With how Harry Grant is going with the Tigers and going back to the Storm next year, you've got three top-rate hookers vying for one spot. The way they're talking, Harry Grant's like up there with the Daly M's right now. So if you had to pick between the two, the Storm will be going with Harry Grant. So Brandon Smith will be on the outer a bit. May ask for a release. We've Grant got at the Tigers right now, isn't he? Yes, he is, but only until the end of the year. Only until the end of the year. Yes. So. Yes. So, yeah, no, he'll be back at the Storm. Um, so Brandon could be op- an option. He would fit the Titans' mould for what they need, but I think the Warriors need him more. So hopefully we can try to to scalp him. Yeah, look, um, you know, in terms of the Panthers, uh, another quality performance, really. They, they, they're going well as a club. All aspects of the club are going well. And this week, again, big reps on Ivan Cleary um, for him to be able to you know, I guess keep them uh, on on track and focused throughout these injury um, weeks. You're always going to have weeks like this, I guess, as a coach. And I guess um, for Ivan's from Ivan's perspective, he'd he'd be happy to have these weeks now rather than I guess a few weeks before the playoffs or even during the playoffs. So um, it was an interesting interesting point raised as well um, on the television over the weekend was that Coruscant and Kickout, whilst they're out injured, it's really going to give them a really good rest. Um, and, a, and a well-deserved rest in the middle of the regular season. Um, and they will come back 
you know, um, firing bullets, I reckon. So I think the Panthers, um, they've got another level to go to when they come back. And uh, I'd be very, very concerned uh, for all teams playing the Panthers at the moment. They are the number one team in the competition, and rightly so. So um, hello, we'll jump into our picks um, of the week. And um, after uh, round 11, unfortunately, uh, I've been beaten again. Bradley taking it out seven games out of eight compared to my six out of eight, um, which unfortunately sees me slip down to 43 out of 64. And Brad now four games adrift at 47 out of 64. Obviously just um, got the ladder there uh, for you. And um, as you can see, we've got the Panthers in that top spot, followed by the Storm, Eels and the Roosters. They make up the top four. I think that there's no doubt that they are the top four teams, top four teams in the competition. I would probably hold the Raiders there at a solid five. And then you'd have to really say six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Um, would you know they're they're sort of got their own sort of group going. I mean, if you saw the Dragons up against the Knights at the moment, who who would you say would win? I mean, uh, you know, you, you'd probably be odds on favourites as as a Knights supporter, but hey, if you're a Dragon supporter, you'd probably be like, Well, look. They've only won two more games and us at six games, you know. So that middle part of the competition, as it always is, very tight in there, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I think, as you said, 11, 11, to, 11 to 5, I think, could be changing week to week. 12 and, down, 12 and down will move themselves, but I don't yeah. see any of them going up. So, no. Um, no, yeah, I don't I see that. I think, yeah. You're right, um, the likes of the Cowboys, Warriors, Titans, Broncos and Bulldogs, well, they're just all playing for the wooden spoon, really. Um, uh, and, and, and I'm trying to avoid it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really... Look, the Dragons, they're still an outside chance. Okay, they've lost seven. They've only won four. They'd have to have a miraculous last nine rounds of the season. But when you look at it on paper, if, you know, to only be four points outside the eight, um, you know, that's... It's not, you know, they're, they're not a realistic chance, but um, they will be believing. They will be believing. Yeah, definitely. So um, that will take us into our um, viewer questions. Paul, have you got some questions for us? Yes, we have a couple of questions from the uh, live chat. So thank you everyone who does join us in the live chat. Don't forget you can join us at 8 p.m. every Wednesday for the standoff. Um, so Simon asks us um uh what do you guys think of the idea of phil gould being a consultant on refereeing for the nrl commission fantastic right yeah i think so yeah he's he's been very critical of referees for as long as i can remember so if there's anyone that can go in there and say this is what you guys are doing wrong and actually have them listen i think it's him um i think the only issue that's been going around about it is working for NRL and working for the media at the same time. And if it's a conflict of interest, um, I don't think it is with him because of how straightforward he is. I don't always agree with what he says, but he, he says what he thinks. So we just have to play it by ear. But yeah, I think any help they can get in refereeing they need. So. Oh, Phil Gild, he's a, you know, he was a stellar player in his day, a fantastic coach and um, a generally knowledgeable uh gentlemen when it comes to all aspects rugby league and I, I think he talks a lot of sense I know a lot of people think that he not doesn't talk rubbish but I know that a lot of people don't agree with some of the comments I, I generally agree with most of what comes out of his mouth he's got a very intellectually 
you know, uh, smart rugby league brain. And I think that he would be a welcome addition in the bunker because those guys are just not getting the job done um, at the moment. Um, and Jordan asks, um, how do you guys rate um, Todd Payne uh, for the uh, Warriors head coach? Uh, and also, uh, would you have liked to see any of the coaches that have been overlooked already um, be given a go as Warriors head coach? Because a couple of guys haven't even been given interviews, have they? Yeah. So do you want to take this one first? No, no you go for it, mate. All right. Um, so in my in my article I wrote this week, I said um, I really like Peyton at the moment. I think he's been transparent with the media. He's been transparent with the fans and he's been transparent with the players. And um, I've seen some people have been critical of how he said, like he's called out Adam Blair and the like, and they've been critical of him, but then they've commended Maguire at the Tigers for dropping Benji and being critical of him. So it's the same thing, but because it's a different player, they don't like the outcome. Um, it's those type of decisions that head coaches need to make to make their team better. So if you've got a senior player, if you're paying them a million dollars a year and they don't play well, you don't just keep them there because they're a million dollars a year. You drop them. It sets it sets a, a precedent in the whole the whole side that excellence is all you want, which is what every team strives for. And um, I think the players are responding. Jazz Tavanga came out as as we talked about earlier and said he really enjoys playing for him. And um, if the players are buying in on him, and I don't see why you shouldn't give him a shot and give him the full gig next year. Um, in terms of the other coaches, oops, sorry. Um, in terms of the other coaches, I might get a bit of flack for it, but I don't rate Tuvi. So I don't mind that he didn't get an interview. The Walker brothers, I think, would have been interesting. But at the moment, if I had to pick between the Walker brothers and Peyton, I'd be going with Peyton from what I've seen. Yeah, I think Jordan uh, may have just put a bit of a spelling error on there, Todd Payton, right, as opposed to Todd Payne. But um, no, look, I think um, he, he's got to win the players and the public over. And he's slowly like, you know, he's slowly doing that. Um, even like you say, he's growing on yourself there, Bradley. And, um, you know, even for me, uh, I've seen some really, really, really positive things to come out of his mouth. Like, um, you know, he, I think he was on the radio earlier today when I was driving around. And um, I overheard him say, well, look, at the end of the day, I'm going to be judged on the result. Um, so, you know, we're playing some good football. We had a great close game against the Roosters. He said it means nothing. We, you know, we, we needed to win that game. And unfortunately, we did. And he's like, that's going to get me a permanent coaching gig is, is winning those kind of games. And he's like, at the moment, it's tough with the situation that we're currently in and with the players, you know, going, coming home and, you know, with us being camped over here due to COVID, et cetera. So he's taken a real big realisation that he's got a genuine opportunity and like we talked about a couple of weeks ago if he can you know come away with you know we've got nine rounds left if he can come away with five wins or something like that just to show this um that that he is capable of doing the job then um yeah uh, the more and more i think about it the more and more likely he's going to get the nod i haven't heard anyone else's name come out of the woodworks over the last couple of weeks there doesn't seem to be too many other contenders the walker brothers are gone too he's out so who else have they got i don't think they've got too many other um candidates at the moment and if they do they're holding them close to the chest so we'll have to wait and see yeah definitely cool that's it guys from the, uh, from the live chat so thank you on thank you on who's joined us in the live chat but brad uh do quickly let people know where you are writing so they can go read those articles 
Oh, yeah, sure. So I write on Brad's Ramblings is the name of my, my site. You can search for it on Facebook just by searching Brad's Ramblings, and uh, it's got a link to my site there. Cool. Excellent. We'll jump back into the round 11 picks. Um, obviously, like I said before, Brad taking this week out at seven games out of eight, uh, falling behind there by a game, just getting a six out of eight, and 43 out of 64 for myself versus Brad's 47. So four games adrift now, and we are now nine rounds away from the finals series. So that takes us into the round 12 preview. And if we look at round 12, um, basically on Thursday night, we've got the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. Brad, how do you see it? I've got the Rabbitohs. I think Rabbitohs, um, back with Mitchell, um, will get the job. It'll be tight, but yeah, got to go with Rabbits. Yeah, I think so as well. The Rabbitohs for mine on that one there. We've got the Tigers versus the Warriors on Friday night. Um, at the moment, I've got the Tigers taking that one out. You know, Mamalo coming back for Satua, a little bit more of a depleted side now. Um, we've got a couple of lone players, I understand, coming through. But yeah, I think the Tigers will be too strong for us. Yeah, I think so too. Right, so I'm going it, to it could be an interesting one. And saying that it could be an interesting one, there's a chance for us to win this one if we play like we did last week. Um, but at this stage, I would say... If the Tigers played how they did against the Eels, they'll probably beat us. So, yeah, um, Broncos versus the Sharks on the uh, Friday night. Surprising to see the Broncos paying $2.35 for a victory. That is um, fairly, fairly good odds, I would have thought. Um, uh, you know, if, in terms of, I would have thought it would have been a lot, um, uh, sorry, poor odds uh, on the Broncos team. Uh, I thought it would be a lot higher considering their current situation. Yeah, I don't... I, Basically, what I said last week, I, unless the Sharks forget how to get to Suncorp, I don't see uh, the Broncos winning. So, easy yeah, Sharks. And then the easy Sharks win. Yeah, I have to tend to agree on that one. I've got the Roosters versus Titans. I think the Roosters will be too strong for them. However, another game to be uh, wary of on the weekend. This is one game that I'm really looking forward to watching, actually. I don't think it will be a blowout. Um, the Roosters, uh, obviously, you know, they're, they're buoyed by the fact that they're potentially going to get Sunnyville and... And, 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 you know, they're playing some really good football over there uh, in Sydney. But um, the Titans, obviously, with the news that Fafita's coming and just the positivity around the club at the moment, look, um, to go down to Sydney Cricket Ground and win a game there, wouldn't that be a hell of a story for the club? And, um, you know, that's what they'll be talking about this week, though, as well. They'll be like, hey, we've got Fafita coming. Let's, um, let's start the process now. Let's go down to Sydney and have a good game. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I, I still see the Roosters coming away victors, though. Yeah, I think I think it will be a lot closer than I would have predicted a few weeks ago. But yeah, I'm still going with Roosters. We've got a Raiders versus Cowboys um, following that game on the Saturday evening. Um, no, no brainer here. Even though it's at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, I don't see the Raiders getting defeated, um, particularly the way they've been playing as of late. I think the Cowboys um, will be on the receiving end on this one at dollar uh, thirty-five to three twenty-five. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going with them as well. I think it's too cool. easy. Yep, Saturday's last game sees the Sea Eagles versus the Panthers um, at Lotto Land. Um, the way that the Panthers are playing, um, I, I don't think that, you know, the Sea Eagles would um, get past them. But, yeah, uh, it's definitely something more probable than the Titans getting up against the Roosters. So, um, hence the reason that they're only paying two forty-five. Um, But, yeah, the Panthers, I think, um, they'll be just too strong. Uh, they'll carve them up the middle. And even though they've got uh, Fanua Blake and Tapao, uh, I just think that the Panthers' um, outside backs will just run run rings around the Manly side. Definitely, yeah. I think Panthers are just too strong at the moment. So, yeah, another win for the for the Panthers. And what does that give us for Sunday, Brad? We've got that gives us, 
We've got the Bulldogs against the Eels at ANZ Stadium. I think that's going to be an easy Eels win, unfortunately, for Bulldogs fans. But, um, yeah, Eels for me. Yeah, I, I think Eels for me as well. I don't know if it'll be an easy one. This is a local derby. This is a genuine, you know, Parramatta versus Canterbury-Bankstown. That's a, a game that everyone likes to see. And, you know, after the fact that the Bulldogs won last week against the Knights, that they've signed Trent Barrett, George Alice has uh, turned the you know, turn the thinking of the players a little bit around. Um, it should be a good game. I mean, uh, I think the Eels will win it. Um, I think they'll win, you know, fairly comfortably. But um, I think there's some points in this Bulldogs team on that in that in that fixture. So another interesting game to watch. Um, that that leads us to our final game of the weekend, which sees the Storm take on the Knights. And at the moment, the Storm easy winners on this one. I see them taking it quite quite easily at um, against the Knights. Yeah, same for me. So I've got the Storm too. Great. So obviously, yep. Um, we didn't cover off one game there, I think, which was the Dragons and the. Oh yes, we did there. So sorry, we covered off that game. So, yep. Um, so that basically we have the same set of picks going into the weekend, Brad. So we're not going to see any surprises in terms of. And we get eight out of eight, though. Uh, we haven't been successful so far this season, so maybe we can come away with eight out of. There'll, there'll be a surprise there, which there always is in, in rugby league, and. Uh, it should be interesting to see, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll head and we'll, we'll crack on and head into um, overseas news and news in the international game as well. Um, yeah. You've got some updates on the Super League, Brad. Yeah, so we talked a few weeks ago that originally there was going to be a triple header to start the game, uh, start the season off again. That's been changed due to the Wolfpack, so now it's just a double header. Um, the first game back will be St Helens versus Caledon Dragons, followed up by Huddersfield Giants versus the Rhinos. So um, yeah, that's yes, in August. Oh, it should be interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Super League getting underway, and um, we'll bring you all the um, all the results um, as we have them. We won't be diving too much into uh, match analysis, folks, with the um, with the Super League there, but we'll definitely keep you updated in terms of um, placements on the table and you know any big major news coming out of there. Um, obviously, uh, we've got, had the World Cup uh, fixtures announced last week. We didn't have an opportunity to get into it, and we'll just quickly cover off uh, a few things that are happening, Brad. Um, there have been four pools assigned for the men's game. Obviously, there's a women's uh, competition and a wheelchair competition running um, in conjunction with this World Cup, which is great to see. Yeah, so it's the first time they've ever had all three together in one event, which is which is great. And um, I'll cover off the first two pools, if you like. So for the men's We've got Pool A, we've got England, Samoa, France, and is it? Greece. It Greece, yeah. And then Pool B, we've got Australia, Fiji, Scotland, and Italy. And Pool C, we've got New Zealand, Lebanon, Jamaica, and Ireland. And that with Pool D, Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Wales, and the Cook Islands. Now, um, as opposed to Rugby League World Cups of yesteryear or the last three or four that we've had, you would have generally noted, uh, seen that we've generally had two pools of four and, and, and then a pool of three with only one from that third side, uh, from that third pool going through. This is pretty much straightforward. Four teams in each pool, two top teams from each pool go into a quarterfinals situation. And then from there, we have the semifinals and the World Cup finals. So I'm really excited at this format. It just expands out the game a little bit more. Some will argue that some of those quarterfinals will be blowouts, but I think um, it does give you know, um, the, those bottom tier nations, more of a chance to make an impact. After all, we did see, um, unfortunately, and probably, um, you know, un, uh, unlikely to see again, Fiji beat the 
Kiwis in the last World Cup under David Kidwell, an absolutely terrible result um, from our perspective. But um, for the growth of the game, um, I think from that perspective, it's good to see this format, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I think it involves a bit more teams and gives some of those other teams a bit more of a chance to make it in. Um, you could kind of pencil on who you think those teams are going to be, but like, yeah, as you said, there's there's always room for an upset. So be interesting to see. And the whole event kicks off with England, the England men team playing Samoa, which I think will be a great, great kickoff match. Fantastic. And um, folks, we've got no news on the women's game at the moment. So uh, we'll keep you updated um, on that in the coming weeks. But thank you again for joining us here tonight on New Zealand Sport Radio for Episode 9, Season 1 of The Standoff, um, your rugby league fix for the week. Uh, thank you very much, Brad, for your uh, comments this evening. And please do tune into our podcast, Brad, and how can our viewers do that? So, yeah, for your weekly update on rugby league, tune into the podcast on iHeartRadio or Facebook. Just search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Good evening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.